evening denizens of internet wonderland. It's time once again to kick back, relax, and listen to the soothing sounds of the melodious cat streaming through your airwaves. As we veer once again down the rabbit hole, Good evening, denizens of Internet Wonderland. I hope my voice finds you well. Welcome back to my home. This is Cheshire's Place. As always, we are your hosts, starting off with the man right in front of me. He is my hetero life mate. He is my best friend. He is my co-host. He is the man, the myth, the legend, Monkey. Hi. And of course, myself, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. You can always find us on our small little corner of Internet Wonderland by clicking a like on the Facebook group page, Cheshire's Place, a looking glass and logical madness. You can listen to this podcast and all of its episodes on Anchor.fm, which is sponsored by Spotify, so two for the price of one, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line, saying hi, or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes... Feel free to email us at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at PlaceCheshire. So, I do have to apologize in advance. We did have an episode upload, well, ready for upload last week, but there were some technical difficulties getting it edited. And, well, I'll just explain real quick. Now, we've been doing things with Cameo in the past, and for some reason, it didn't exactly work for us last time, so... We're going to take a small step back from the cameo thing until we figure out a better way to actually put that on the show. I think we basically got the smackdown from the one we were trying to to watch initially, which was Chuck Norris. So he he probably felt the the disturbance in the force and was like, nope, not going to happen. Yeah, so in that case, um, we do not want to upset the elder god Chuck Norris in anything, and we respect you highly, good sir. And if somehow you do listen to this podcast, um, we apologize in advance. Please do not come find us with your magnificent beard. Yes. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and enact the uh, alley simple clause, which means at any given point in time, there will probably be some uh, distasteful language. So if you are under the age of 18 or if you have young children in the vicinity while listening to this, you have been warned. Also, we will be doing the Sammy Sunshine Clause, which means at any given point in time, we will be taking a break. We will be clearing our throats. We will be drinking libations, non-alcoholic, of course, while on the air. Because, hey, it's real life. It's part of that logical madness. If we always edit everything, it wouldn't feel natural, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Wow. um, Very natural. Very. Wow. Okay. I, I think I shouldn't have said that, but hey. We're just going to roll with it. Okay. So, 
Monkey. That's me. You have to say that there's been quite a bit of interesting things going on with the WWE. Yes, very interesting. Um, there, there, there's some obviously some controversy. There's obviously some, you know, just uh, what the heck booking going on. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So we're actually going to dive into that tonight. Um, while we talk about one, the results from the NXT paper, um, WWE NXT Vengeance Day pay-per-view, you know, their latest takeover. Right. And also we're going to be talking about the Elimination Chamber, which is coming up this Sunday. Yep. Which this is going to be the final pay-per-view on the WWE Network before everything switches over to Peacock. Right. Which we'll also discuss a little bit about that as well. But first and foremost, I think it is uh, time for some Monkey Coconut News. Alrighty, well. Kid of coconuts. Da -dun -da -dun -da -dun. All right. Oh yeah, I still need to find the music for that. Too. Yeah, we need something awesome like <clears> that. Oh yeah. But okay, so I got a couple things actually. So uh, first thing I want to talk about here, and this is something that I picked up from the uh, Confish TV a while back, a couple days ago actually, not a while back, but uh, big talks about uh, Sundance Films, the uh, animation studio that's being front run by uh, James Lasseter. Um, has come into a contract agreement with Apple, um, and they're going to be Apple's going to be the one that's going to be exclusively releasing all their movies and series for the next, I believe, four or five years. So that's a good, interesting uptake on information, uh, especially with the current uh, depreciation of uh, Disney's animated films and whatnot. And it's just um, another actual boost to Apple TV's. Uh, streaming stuff there that they're they're going to be in contract with them now. Uh, second thing I really have on here is one of the best quote unquote worst hot takes ever online. Um, as uh, many of you probably have seen, there's that awesome kick ass uh, Mortal Kombat movie trailer that's been on out for the last couple of days. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, about a day after that trailer dropped, um, a, a news site gave the most interesting hot take ever, which was, who forgot to invite Chun-Li? Now, um, as many of you probably know by now, me and Cheshire are both big fighting game fans, and uh, I'm willing to wager a, a bunch of you are, and you could probably tell us where the error in that, uh, title is. Um... To the point where that uh, article, which was uh, released by Jezebel, um, which is a sub subgroup of Gizmodo, uh, got so roasted online that they actually ended up having to put in a small edit at the very bottom of the article uh, announcing that, oh, we found out why Chun-Li wasn't in the trailer. It's because she's not part of Mortal Kombat. And um, now it sounds like they're trying to play it off as if it was a joke. Uh, but a lot of people are saying it's probably not a joke. It's just dumb reporting. <laughs> so I'm going to stop right there, and this is where the Alley Simple Clause comes in. Um, <clears throat> one, what the fuck? <laughs> because, as you said, we are huge fighting game fanatics. Right. <laughs> we have probably played some very obscure fighting games oh, yeah. in the past. I mean... Pit Fighter. No. Pit Fighter was great, dude. What are you it, it, 
I mean, it's obscure because not too many people yeah. remember it. I mean, um, the, the, why do you get the characters wrong? How do you do that? <laughs> Look, Chung Lee is considered the first lady of fighting games. She yes. is one of the first female characters introduced in a fighting game franchise. Well, she is the first playable fighting character. Yes. On uh, 1991 yes. Street Fighter II World Warrior. Yep. Yes. So, how the hell do you get it confused that Chung Lee, the poster woman of Street Fighter, should be in a fucking Mortal Kombat movie? Now, <laughs> now, come on. Even, they've toyed with the idea of Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. I mean, there is actually a Dreamcast game that was made by an independent studio which is Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. And if you watch it on Yo! Video Games, it's Maximilian Dude's um, YouTube channel, mm -hmm. they actually play this thing, and one, it's so horrible, it's actually fucking fantastic. <laughs> we may actually have to watch that oh, after God, this. I don't know. You may, you, you'll laugh. You will laugh. They, I'll probably cry more than laugh. No, but. they go <laughs> meta and break the fourth wall with this, like, completely. The second thing is, if Chun Li was in a Mortal Kombat movie or video game, we'll just say for the sake of argument, in this movie, she would be the first character to die. I don't know. She's yeah. She she has a little bit more to her than some of the quote unquote humanoid characters. I mean, she she does have the the, the lightning kicks and you know the the spinning bird kick that can knock off a man's head. As quoted in the uh, the article of of Jezebel's. Yeah, but the thing is, in Street Fighter, they do not do fatalities. They don't need to do fatalities. True, they don't. She can throw a fireball. <laughs> so can it. half of the people on there. But but in terms of this game and the longevity for what Mortal Kombat is and the mythos, she could not be a pacifist and hold back and not kill someone. I th I think, as I said, I think she'd be the first one to die because she'd probably back away from her opponent, you know, give the opponent, like, a noble exit, and the dude would probably, like, rip her head off or something. Yeah, it's all in the in the context of things, I think, because remember, um, Street Fighter was based off of, you know, just knocking the opponents out. Yeah. Well, Mortal Kombat, yes, you can technically win by just a knockout. You don't have to technically do a fatality. You are that was just the extra added bonus to, you know, just shock value for the game. Yeah, but we know that we have to go fatalities. Yes, yeah. come on. Come I mean, on. come on. Some of those fatalities are so weird to try to perform that you're trying to input the thing and the character will fall down unconscious before you can do it. So you're like, son of a. Yeah, you have to be pretty quick on the <laughs> buttons. But anyways, um. So a little addition to Monkey Coconut News because this just popped up on uh, Geeking Game Community. Oh um, They are working on a Constantine series for HBO Max. Yes, uh, actually, I did hear about that. I, I wasn't didn't get all the details yet, so that's why I didn't say anything about it. But um, so that leads me to wonder if they're I don't know if they have anything in there for who's going to be in it, but are they bringing back the same guy that they were using in the WB series or? So, according to this, and this is actually an article from Variety, mm. they are searching for an actor to lead in the series as John Constantine, and they have um, attached Guy Bolton to write. 
Um, according to sources, the show would tie into just to the Justice League Dark series, which mm-hmm. is currently on the um, being worked out by J.J. Abrams being the executive producer. Now, <clears throat> relating to this, mm. there was rumors that Keanu Reeves would reprise the character in the movie. Right. Which the movie was supposed to connect to the series. So, okay. I mean, it would work. But then again, Keanu has a very unique filming schedule. Well, I, I would say this much here. What's probably going to end up happening, just like what they did with the actual initial Justice League stuff um, in the DCEU stuff, they they are going to kind of separate the television universe from the movie universe. And that was like their biggest problem that I've always called and said with the with the DC movies is that they didn't really have a connection to the their televised series stuff. Right now, um, when Marvel was doing it initially, and they had Agents of Shield and uh, the Agent Carter stuff, they they were kind of linking them. But now with the current uh, Disney Marvel Enterprises people in charge, uh, they've essentially said that oh no, Shield doesn't have anything to do with the Marvel MCU anymore. Which kind of sucks because there was quite a bit of connection there and throwbacks to each other. Right. Oh, let's even talk about the um, Marvel series real quick mm. on on this new segment. Because I know you've been watching WandaVision. Right. And I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, religiously. I th- This show is actually amazing. Even though it had a slow startup, right. it is getting good. Yes. So... They just revealed that Agnes's character. Right. Like you you did watch the last one, right? Yes. And and you should probably have preface that with spoilers. But... Yeah, yeah. Spoiler spoilers. Alert. Yep. Spoiler alert, hear. just letting y'all know. Um Agnes is a longtime Marvel character known as Agna Ag uh, Agatha Harkness. Yes. Just like Timothy Thatcher. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're trying not to butcher names here, but Agatha has deep roots in the MCU, especially relating to teaching the Scarlet Witch how to use her powers. And this was in the comic books in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Also, she was the nanny of Franklin Richards and Valeria Richards, who are the children of Mr. Fantastic and the Invis- Invisible Girl, right. who are members of the Fantastic Four. So <clears throat> she actually ties in quite a bit with a lot of stories. And she did start off as a villain. And later on, she became more of a prominent hero-type figure for the mystic arts. Right. So it's going to be interesting how they're going to weave everything together because they only have, what, five, like four or five more episodes left on this? Um, Actually, only about, like, two or three, two. I think, maybe. Oh, I think it's only, like, ten episodes or even or only eight episodes, and this is the seventh episode. So, yeah, yeah. Per, so about, yeah, two, three left. And then after that, which we all know that this show is going to tie into Doctor Strange right. and the Universe of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse. Multiverse. <clears throat> as as noticeable by uh, Evan Peters uh, portraying Pietro, which is, you know, the, 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 the Fox movie universe of X-Men. Quicksilver. Which is still awesome that he's on there. Yeah. I don't care. He, he's amazing in that role. But continuing on. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything ends with this series mm. and how it's really going to tie in. I mean, I know that there's been discussion that maybe Benedict Cumberbatch will be reprising his role as Doctor Strange at probably close to the end of the series. I mean, right. it's a theory, but 
it'd be nice to have him on there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, n- not only am I excited to see the ending of this one, I'm excited to see Falcon and Winter Soldier, right. Marvel What If, um, She-Hulk, um, Moon Knight, which they... That's the one I'm actually mostly interested in now. All the ones that's coming out is Moon Knight, because Moon Knight is probably one of my favorite comic characters ever. I mean, he he's essentially Batman and... What would have really happened to Batman if he was doing everything he was doing? It, with him having to branch himself into multiple personalities just to cope with everything going on. Which has always been my, my favorite thing about him. He's a certified nutbag and, you know, he, he, he attacks from the shadows, but he's wearing all white just because, hey, you're going to see me coming and I'm still going to beat your ass, basically. Exactly. Can you imagine if um, Axel Braun did a Moon Knight um adult movie oh god that'd be hot so hot. that would be amazing honestly which this is the point in time where we have to say to our lord and savior yes. axel braun thank you axel braun thank you axel braun but anyways i think that pretty much covers it for the news uh unless if you have something else one other quick little side note um again last well you guys probably didn't catch it, but last week we we talked about uh the news about the giancarano being fired um, which, uh, again, I, I implore you guys to check out the, uh, video by Young Ripa, uh, Eric D. July, um, called the Double Standards of Disney with, with Jane Crono to get the full context of why she was actually fired, as opposed to just listening to the mass media information. But, uh, she, she has been, there has been a contract with her and Ben Shapiro, who, um, is the, one of the co-founders of the Daily Wire site, and they were going to... She's going to actually be filming and producing and starring in a movie um, with uh, being backed by the Daily Wire. Uh, but also on top of that is uh, this Sunday, which is tomorrow, obviously. Yep. Uh, the Daily Wire is supposed to be releasing her first sit-down interview since she's, she was fired from technically Lucasfilms, not Disney, but from Lucasfilms is the thing that fired her. Um, and... Uh, there's a lot of uh, information that's going to be in that from that interview, and that's being done by Ben Shapiro. So it's probably going to be available not only on the Daily Wire website, but probably on Ben Shapiro's YouTube channel as well. So, so I would say check that out um, just to get a little bit more context. Um, again, I always say everyone has the right to defend themselves, and you know, just listening to the mass media or um, an outrage mob does not give you full context of what's going on. Agreed. Everyone should have a chance to listen to both sides and formulate an educated opinion based on the information of both. Right. So, <clears throat> here we go. All right. So, we do have to talk about TakeOver. Right. We do have to talk about Elimination Chamber. Right. And we do have to talk about some of the craziness that WWE has been pulling and i think we're going to start with that hi right after this break all right baby so we're going to take a small little break because this is going to be quite a bit of information that we're going to be covering especially with the pay-per-views right mainly with wwe's bad booking and some of the controversies going on with them but we'll be right back stay tuned stay tuned
And we are back from break. So we're going to change it up just a tiny bit, and we're going to talk about some of the recent signings for the WWE. All right. So, Monkey, I know there's a couple that you definitely want to talk about. Right. There's one that I want to talk about, but we're going to leave it for the takeover results because he was announced during that time. Okay, so that that would be the probably one of the ones I was going to talk about. But Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the ones that specifically, uh, they they have officially signed uh, Taya Valkyrie, a uh, former TNA Knockouts ch- champion. Um, also, as many probably know from the dirt sheets and whatnot by now, she is the real-life wife of John Morrison. So they have officially <coughs> signed her to WWE. Um, another major signing, um, who a lot of people have, have jokingly touted as uh, the next next big thing slash the uh, the probably unofficial uh, offspring of Brock Lesnar or a clone <laughs> of Brock Lesnar because um, that's essentially how he looks is uh, Parker Boudreau. Uh, he was a I want to say NCAA uh, football player for I want to say Florida I can't remember specifically or Georgia one of those two, one of those southern areas there in the southeast area. Uh, sorry I don't watch very much sports ball so I couldn't tell you the truth, but. He does essentially look like Brock Lesnar when he was when Brock Lesnar was younger, plus all the tattoos also already. Yeah. Um, so he has been officially signed to the Performance Center. Um, when they're going to get him to actual on live TV, probably be dependent on his development. <laughs> but uh, he he does look like he has all the tools to make it in Vince McMahon's world. So, you know, he's a big beefy guy. That's what he likes. Uh, there was a couple other signings I know for certain. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. I know there was a former uh, Evolve champion was signed. So that's going to be a really good uh, pickup stuff. Um, another thing that I've kind of also heard in the works is that they're working on a NXT secondary show, which they're calling NXT Evolve, which is kind of a double play off of Evolve Wrestling itself, which is now owned by Vince McMahon and WWE. So uh, a lot of people are talking about that as a secondary show that NXT is supposed to have, or I guess a third show now, if you really count NXT UK, but... And uh, 205 Live, technically. Well, 205 Live is <clears throat> technically, supposedly main roster, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I actually have the Sportster up, and they okay. talk about some of the um, signings. So, Taya Valkyrie. Right. Then, of course, one that we'll be talking about here in a little bit. Right. <clears throat> along with Harlem Bravado. Anthony Henry, Christian Casanova. That's his name, Christian Casanova. I think that's the one that they were talking about as former Evolve champion. Yep. Uh, Blake Christian, AQA. Um, also, Japanese women's wrestler, Sari. Sari, nice. And also, Rick Steiner's son. That's another one I heard that they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Bron- Bronson Rick Steiner is, yep. has recently signed with the E, so that's going to be interesting. Um. Now, we did have some prior to TakeOver, right. and they debuted um, with the Women's Dusty's Cup. Right. <clears throat> so that's Elena Black, who is now known as Cora Jade, mm-hmm. Priscilla Kelly, who we all know is the ex-wife of Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. She goes by Gigi Dolan, and Lacey Ryan, who's now known as Zoe Stark, which if anyone watched the... Um, latest nxt episode she did her first singles match and she was very dominant 
hmm. in that match. It was a very good one. And she has this modified, like, flipping go-to-sleep move that she does on her opponent where she'll lift them up, flip them around to land on their feet, and then she hits them with the knee. So is it like a pump handle flip? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> you know how whenever you have, like, a little kid and they're, like, hanging on their arm and you just lift them, grab their leg at the same time, and help them flip over? It, it's something like that. I don't think I've ever done that before, but okay. <laughs> uh, you haven't been around too many kids. Well, for, for obvious reasons. I know. They they always try to steal your coconuts. They do. It's little bastards. Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so there's a lot of signings, but with a lot of signings, there's been some recent cuts. There's been some potential cuts, but most notably, there's been some individuals who haven't been on TV yep. in a very long while due to creative really not having anything for them. Right. I mean, look at Bo Dallas. Yes. This man has not wrestled since what? Uh, 2019, actually. Uh, so... Um one of the uh, reports, um, at least this was from at least a couple days ago, 479 days since he's been on, on any televised show. Like, and the thing is, he shows up to book, he shows up to every show. Right. But they just have nothing for him. Now, there were some rumors and speculations that he might be part of the new Wyatt family. Right. You know, teaming up with his real-life brother, um, Bray Wyatt. Right which would be phenomenal, mm-hmm. honestly, but they have nothing for him. Right. And that was since the pre-before pre the uh, the Black uh, Black Wednesday from last year. So right. when, when a lot of people were let go, and, and then a while after that, when his then tag team partner um, asked to be let out of his contract, which was, you know, the, the uh, former Curtis Axel, Joe Henning, so, and we also have to talk about Murphy. Right. Because he hasn't been on TV in a good while. Right. And uh, the, the rumors on that were because what they were building with him and the Mysterio family were that they were going to do like a six-man battle with them versus uh, uh, King Corbin and the, 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 the Knights of the Lone Wolf, as they were calling them. But then, you know, as of a couple weeks ago, Steve Cutler was released. Uh, from WWE, which is pro- uh, partly because of uh, him eff- essentially getting sick with COVID and his uh, his significant other having uh, released the information online probably was the 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 downfall of him, which was uh, Diana Prazo of TNA um, had released the information that both her and him had gotten it from a New Year's party, and so that kind of set the ire of WWE, and that's why he got chopped. <clears throat> so, and in context with that, then, um, since they weren't using Steve Cutler, um, the other Knight of the Lone Wolf, Wesley Bra- Blake, uh, who significantly is the former tag team partner of... Uh, Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, yeah. Um, isn't being used either. So... Then, of course, we have to look at Aleister Black still. I mean, right. he hasn't been on TV in a while, and we already know relating to his real-life wife, um, Thea Trinidad, who is also known as Zelina Vega. Right. Um, and then uh, going off of that, the um, Selena Vega's 
former, uh, I, I guess you could say, associate of, uh, uh, oh God, I can't remember, uh, Andrade. How can you forget the name? I was going for Cien almost, but, but I forgot that, you know, they, they dropped everything else but Andrade. I mean, how can you forget El Tranquilo, man? Well, El Tranquilo is also, you know, Los Condorables, you know, yeah. Naito, so. It's like, true, true, Tranquilo. True. But <laughs> anyhow. I, I squeeze thingy. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, there's been a lot of people that have not been utilized in WWE in a while due to the fact that things have been dropping left right. and right or they've not had any use for them. Um and this is very synonymous with how WWE's been operating as of late. Right. And this has been going on for a good while, um, where most of the shows are not approved until, like, the day prior or even the day of the actual show. Right. And <clears throat> you have to think that something like this constantly happening really brings down the morale of everybody. Yes. From the performers to production crews, whole nine yards, because they don't know what the hell is going on. Right. <clears throat> I mean, let's let's even go further with some news relating to WWE and their employees. Now, it came out recently. I, I wouldn't even say recently. I'd say like last week. From yeah, still currently recently. <clears throat> yeah, mostly. I mean, it's not like it's a year or two ago. Yeah. True. <laughs> True, which, ooh, there's actually something we do have to discuss oh. about that. Um, I missed that part. Okay. Recently, it has been um, let out that WWE will not be giving any raises or yearly bonuses to their um, employees. Right. And you got to keep in mind, when they say employees, remember, this does not usually entail any of the actual wrestlers or performers, as they have to refer to them. Because remember... They are referred to as independent contractors. This is mostly the ring crew personnel, the um, most of the other staffing in the back, like the production personnel, um, producers, producers, road agents, road agents, um, <clears throat> even the commentators, which is kind of surprising because they are probably the only quote unquote employees that are kind of also performers at the same time. Right. Um, so that's kind of a weird, interesting thing, and um, we were kind of discussing this a little bit earlier that, you know, where's Samoa Joe fall into that, and even kind of Corey Graves as well, because they are technically both wrestlers, and I think they are both technically under the independent contractor's contract, but they are also both commentators as well now, so right. it, it's a crazy thing. So the morale overall... Even though WWE has been touting major financial success, tout, <laughs> especially with the deals relating to Fox and NBC now with and, yeah. Peacock, yeah, which USA Network is owned by NBC, right? NBC Universal slash uh, I think Cox <clears throat> Cable or Comcast, what does it do? Yeah. So, you would think for a company that is showing financial gain during a pandemic right even though the pandemic is slowly decreasing you would think that they would show more care for the staff that they still have right but yet and this has been voiced by many different personalities in the business outside the business 
within politics. The practices of WWE are not. What's the best word to put for this? Honestly, um, they're bordering illegal. They kind of are, but I would say that it's more or less it's a un unethical slash. There we go. Um, almost unorthodox as well because. Uh, again, WWE still looks at a lot of his staff as independent contractors. Um, and this goes back to the territory days where technically they can pick up and go wherever, whenever. But they are also kind of keeping them exclusive, which then at that point doesn't really make them independent contractors. So right. that's why it's so so hard to really classify things. Right, exactly. So um, it, it's kind of a weird situation overall. And right. I said this during the break, it's kind of bad whenever WWE's competition, whether it be NWA, Impact, AEW, they show more care for their performers and for their talent. And, you know, granted, Impact has been around for a while. Right. NWA, under the guidance of Billy Corgan, has been doing a lot better. Right, definitely. And AEW, for being... What, two years old now, roughly? Almost, yeah. Yeah, almost two years old is showing more care for their performers than WWE, who's been a juggernaut for decades. So I guess this is a way to show you that other businesses, other promotions get it. In a way, they they get it. They get it. They get the idea that their talent makes their product. Their production crew makes their product. So you should treat them as valuable individuals and assets to make your product grow. Unless you're Matt Hardy hitting his head on on the the concrete. Yeah, we won't talk about that. (laughs) But anyways, aside from what's bad, from WWE. I think it's time that we talk about some of the good. And yes. the good comes from their pay-per-view content. Right. When they actually have their poop in a group. Mm. Mostly. So, mostly. Mostly. We'll talk about that later. but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely talk about that later. But first and foremost, we do have to talk about NXT TakeOver right. Vengeance Day. Which this actually showed up last Sunday. Right. Which I, I didn't get to see live, but I did catch the kind of highlight information on, on the tail end because, well, I, I had to work. So, go me. Yay, money. So, we mm. have to talk about the pre-show, which right. had Wade Barrett and I forgot the name of those other two guys. Uh, Vic Joseph? I th- was he there? No, 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 no. It was um the guys that do the bump. Oh, yeah, I don't know who they are. But, okay. Get which around. we apologize in advance. Because we don't really get a chance to watch the bump, although yeah. there's some good content on there. But anyways, <clears throat> one of the high grades on there. No, nope. he isn't. Oh, no. I, thought he, I thought I was just thinking. Okay. <clears throat> no, that remember <clears throat> he went to main like main main roster stuff. So he does just. He oh, well, I, thought, I know he has his like podcast thingy or whatever. You know, you mean his a- approved podcast that they have from WWE. I, I don't think the golden shower thing was supposed to be approved on <laughs> that one. Um, that wasn't live though. That wasn't a, uh, never mind. Carry yeah, on. But anyways, continuing on. Thank you, Axel Braun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Axel Braun. But anyways, one of the highlights of the take of the Takeover pre-show 
was Eli Drake. Yes, that was one of the other big names that we were talking about earlier that that we didn't pull into this because it was an actual significant part of the pre-show of the takeover. Definitely. So, for those who do not know who Eli Drake is, he is a well-traveled performer. Right. He's wrestled for Ring of Honor. He's wrestled for Impact. Um, wasn't he an Impact champion? At I one believe point? so. Um, I, I as I, I want to apologize. I don't really watch Impact, so I lost track of that way back when. So when Dixie Carter was sleeping with most of the staff. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm no, so sorry. No, you didn't. That was all in your mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, but okay. anyways, but yeah, so I lost track of most of that, and after that, you know, half their actual main talent decided to say screw it because Bischoff and Vince Russo were running everything to the ground. And, yeah, that's why AJ Styles is now in WWE, and so Samoa Joe, two of their original big homegrown talents that they had in TNA Impact yeah. at the time. But, yeah. <clears throat> so, Eli Drake, who is now known as L.A. Knight. Or for you that speak Spanish, it's La Knight. No, or no. for those who are hockey fans, I mean, it sounds like he's a hockey team. <laughs> Just rolled into one with that damn name. I thought they were the Las Vegas Knights, but okay. You never know. Hey, so he made a he made his debut as the newest signee to NXT, and his promo was on fire. It was amazing. You could feel the confidence, the swagger in this guy. He pretty much put the entire roster on notice. If you have a championship, LA Knight will be there to capitalize. Right. So that was the highlight of the actual pre-show. Yes. I mean, the majority of it, they didn't have any type of matches beforehand. Which it's is just... surprising because they, they usually would throw something in there, even an undercard match, just just to hype up the show. What? Right. But they didn't need to because they had LA Knight. La Knight. Exactly. So I can't wait to see what LA Knight actually does in the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen his work before. He is a damn good competitor. But I want to see what he does with the WWE style. Right. So, moving on, let's talk about the overall results. Right. So, you want to take this first one? All right. Well, so the first match that they had on the show was the finals of the Women's Dusty Cup Classic, which was Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, started off pretty slow from what I saw, and then it picked up and everyone started getting... All the spots in there. Um, they did show the heel side being heels. But then at some point they even showed kind of like the, the, the face team of Moon and Blackheart doing kind of heelish cut off the ring maneuvering. Yeah, you might call it smart wrestling, but it's usually more of a heel tactic. Right. So it was kind of uh, off-putting, as some would say, uh, and just kind of confusing, which, again, falls under, you know, weird, crazy, bad booking sometimes. But, yeah. But um, it, it came down to toward the end where... It uh, looked like uh, Kai and Gonzalez might implode because Kai got a stiff hit from Gonzalez in there. Uh, but then everything still kind of rolled back to them still being on terms with each other, and Gonzalez picked up the pin. So that was uh, kind of my prediction that was going to happen because they are pushing uh, Raquel Gonzalez to be, quote-unquote, the next big you know, female battle person in their, in this show. So... Right, right. So, actually, let's talk about some of our predictions. So, let's go through the match list. So, right. we already talked about Dusty Cup. Right. For the women's final, 
The second match was Gargano versus Kushida. Third one was the Men's Cup, yep. which was MSK, MSK versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Yep. I still cannot get over that damn name, honestly. It, it's an oxymoron. They, they can't be Grizzled Veterans, and they can't be Young at the same time. At least they're not supposed to be. Right. Then, of course, we had the Triple Threat Women's Title Match, which was Io Shirai versus Tony Storm versus Mercedes Martinez. And then, finally... The men's NXT title match, which was Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. Right. Now, your predictions for yeah. this, which were what, again? Right. Uh, my predictions were, and because, yeah, since we lost last week's taping, um, you guys probably didn't catch them, because I think we did talk about it last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. So, yeah, um, my, pre- my predictions were um, Kyle Gonzalez We're going to take the women's. Um, I was pushing for a hopeful win from Kushida, but... I still kind of predicted that Gargano would win, but by heel tactics, you know, with interference and whatnot. Um, the Men's Cup, uh, my prediction was MSK. Uh, the Women's Three-Way, my take was Tony Storm would come away with the title. And Balor Dunn, my hopeful was done. And I would say I was really pushing for that, but then, side note of the potential up um, pickup of Balor versus Karrion Cross was the other side thing. So it was still done was my prediction, but uh, I could see them doing done, um, not done, uh, Balor winning. So <clears throat> Right. So my predictions were for Moon and Blackheart to win the Women's Dusty Cup, Kushida to win for the North American title, right? Uh, MSK picking up the win for the Dusty Cup for the men's, uh, Io Shirai winning for the Women's Triple Threat title match, and of course Finn Balor um, picking up the win due to the fact of the p- possibility of him versus Karrion Cross as well. Right. Which, for the most part, Monkey, you have the lead in terms of accurate predictions. Right. Um, I would say with my, my predictions, actually I think we're, we're almost pretty much tied. Uh, no, because you got the first one. Right. I I picked uh, Kyan Gonzalez. <clears throat> you picked Moon and Blackheart. Yep. So um, that's one for you. Actually, we'll, we'll tally this, okay? Yep. I, I'll keep a tally on it. So. Okay, so the second match was the North American title match between the champion, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Sameface. Right. You know, as um, our Lord and Savior, uh, Jim Cornette, likes to call him. <laughs> yeah. Versus Kushida. Now, <clears throat> in this match, it was a technical marvel with a lot of back and forth, a lot of good submission attempts. Right. Um, just a lot of heart and determination from these two. Now, whenever it comes to takeovers, you already know Johnny Gargano is going to deliver a five-star yeah. match, even though Dave Metzer Look, will probably never agree. You forgot one thing, though, before this match started. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So the um, <laughs> so what happened was prior to this match starting, the entirety of the way, which is Johnny Gargano, um, Candice LeRae, Andy Hartwell, and Austin Theory were in the back doing their little pre-warm-up, let's, you know, get one for the Gipper their, their type pe- thing. Pep, pep rally, basically. <clears throat> pep rally. Yeah. Kind of. So they're trying to walk out, and you see Johnny in front, you see Andy, and you see Candice on the sides of them. Austin in the back, but out of nowhere, as glorious as this was, I was rolling laughing whenever I saw this. Our boy Dexter Lumis shows up 
and just chloroforms Austin Theory and just takes him off somewhere, which was fantastic. I love the booking for this. I love where this is actually going in terms of <clears throat> what's going to happen next, and we'll discuss it. Because it also ties into part of the predictions that we had, which is, yeah, at least that that was my side prediction of, of you know, Sheeta probably won't win because of this. Which it took it out. So Johnny, Indy, Candace come out. They notice Austin is gone. Indy and Candace disappear, and it becomes a true one-on-one match between Johnny and Kushida. Which then made it to the point where, at that point, I was like, oh crap, my predictions won't work because he can't heal. But, heal can't heal. <clears throat> exactly. So no interference, <clears throat> no tricks. Wow. It was, well, okay, Johnny, Johnny did pull some heel tactics, right. of course, but... It was just a fun back and forth. It was an amazing match. Johnny Gargano did pick up the victory. He does retain the NXT have, um, North American title. Which, you know, in a way, it's good that they didn't have Austin Theory involved. Right. Because it definitely made the match a lot more special. Which this also ties into um, this previous week's NXT where they actually did find... Austin Theory, almost half naked, wearing weird boxers and a shirt. Was he in the trunk of a car again? Uh, no, it was a van. By the river? Uh, no, uh, parked right behind the um, CWC, which um, Indy and, and um, Candace found and managed to get Austin out. Ah. So it, it was it was heartwarming seeing how much they care about Austin. Yes. While his hands are still bound and he's like fake crying and scared. But it was a good match. Yes. It was a good match. All right, next one is yours. All right. Well, the next match is the uh, the men's classic final, the Dusty Classic final, which was MSK versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Now, uh, this one we both kind of had MX- MSK picked. Um, I, I kind of said, you know, yeah, Grizzly Young Veterans have been kind of the the go to team that they they kind of push to try to show that they 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 can win they're going to win it. But then we we both kind of agreed that MSK was probably going to take it because that was the whole build up even when they were doing the first round, which was who is MSK? Where who are these guys? They're a mystery. Yes, you know it was a good mystery. Though. Which is kind of crazy because I'm still trying to figure out what MSK stands for. They never really specified. Now I we, was thinking mystery science kickers. I, I don't know. That's, I, I don't that's know. What I, was I, I wish they would actually give us an explanation on what MSK means. Yeah. Like I even looked on like Wikipedia. I looked on different websites to see what MSK means and nothing. Yeah. Well, mostly like medical terms and stuff like that, mm. but nothing relating to wrestling. Meniscus super kick? I don't know. I, I don't know. But anyway, my super kick. That's what it is. MSK. My super kick. But, my super kick. But we can super both kick. agree that this was another mm. great match, right? Um, MSK, um, uh, formerly known as the Rascals in TNA, uh, they basically showed the same stuff that they showed before, which is you know they they do their their high spots. Um, I believe they said that um, uh, was it. Wes Carter started the match. Yep. Or Wesley, I mean, because uh, Nash Carter and Wesley. So Wesley started the match. He did you know some stuff, um, and then Nash Carter got tagged in, and then Nash Carter started taking the heat from 
from Grizzly Young Vets. Um, again, and this is where the Grizzly Young Vets uh, team kind of comes into team name comes into play because they have that classic mentality. They don't really do a lot of flashy um, bouncing around and stuff, but they do a lot of uh, classic tag team, just like the the Revival or FTR does. So that's why they call themselves the Grizzly Young Vets. So, so best way to think of them is the uh, the British version of of FTR. So, um, oh. they, but they do they can do whatever they need they need to later. But they are a very classic technical team mostly. Oh. Um, so this match kind of went back and forth some, but you know towards the end MSK fired up and they got all their crazy. Um, spots in there, including their weird like doomsday device thing that they do, or yeah, it was like it, it was like a weird cross between a doomsday device with a blockbuster. That's what it was, yeah. So it, it's similar to what um, the American males used to do. Okay, well, actually, actually, it was almost like uh, American males, and even when they had vicious and delicious with yeah, with uh, Scott Norton and um, uh, Buff Bagwell, yeah, yeah, because the difference on this one is that. They use a corkscrew going into the blockbuster, mm. so it, uh, it's a nice little twist right. to a classic. It's a twist. What it's a, a twist. twist. What a twist! But anyways, but anyways, as we said, <laughs> uh, we predicted, but obviously MSK was going to come out on top on this one. So now that does set them up for a tag team title match against the uh, the current NXT tag team champions, which is Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. So. Um, when that will happen. Actually, they announced it on NXT. There we go. So on March 3rd, the winners of both the men's and women's Dusty Cup will be facing the tag team champs Mm -hmm. for their divisions. So what you're going to see, and this actually happened during um, NXT because um, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler actually showed up to the show to confront Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Mm-hmm. And they had some pretty interesting back and forth. And then, but before that, so let me explain real quick okay. on, on what happened on NXT for this segment. Um, they presented the Dusty Cup to MSK first. They came out, they were talking about who they're going to be facing. And then the women came out. And MSK actually hold, held the ropes for both teams of women whenever they right. showed up. So it was during the acceptance speech for the women mm-hmm. when Naya and Shayna showed up. And while they were doing their back and forth, there was a little bit of comedy with MSK right. and Beth Phoenix because they were in the corner eating popcorn like, this is getting good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope they throw down. And it was just amazing. So they pulled the uh, the, the, the New Day spot of, of, of ooh, ooh, fun, fun, ooh, fun. Yeah. And it actually worked, and it was kind of fun seeing Beth do something comedic, <laughs> right? Where she didn't have to be serious, right? So, but okay. yeah, March third, we're going to see Raquel and Dakota Kai versus Nia whoever Jackson. the tag team champion. Yeah, because technically there is the uh, the thing on Limited Chamber. So, supposedly. so we'll we'll talk supposedly. about that here in a minute. But besides that, though, um, as a quick side note, um, after the matches, um, both of the the Dusty Cup Classic ones. There was obviously the whole gracious uh, and um, and uh, honored uh, follow up, which actually happened after both of the the, the finals. So the women's di- the women's one they did it as well. 
you know, even though they were heels during the match, they did the whole kind of we're gracious, you know, they weren't the whole like uh you know, haha, we won because we're we're better than you, you all suck, blah blah blah, as most people would expect a heel to do. No, they they, they, they did the honorable and gracious thing. And then the same thing happened with MSK when they won as well. They were all, you know, happy and honored and proud to right, be there. Right. You know, yada yada. So So this is one thing that I do have to take away from this past episode of NXT relating to Shayna and Naya and Raquel and Dakota. Right. Raquel and Dakota in this instance, even though they've been a huge heel team, actually showed sympathy as faces. Or got sympathy as faces. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just see Naya and Shayna showing up pretty much, oh, we run this entire division, it revolves around mm-hmm. us, and yet you see so much dynamic change with Raquel and Dakota, but you right. know how it's going to match up. Right. Raquel is going to be matched up against Naya. Dakota is going to be matched up against Shayna, especially. And she's going to be scared and hiding in a corner. Actually, no, this time she wasn't scared. She actually stood up for herself. Because oh, she had Raquel Gonzalez behind her. That's why. Like, like before, yeah, before yeah. Raquel even intervened, mm-hmm. she was doing well because she because Dakota told Shayna that she's going to kick her head off. Ooh. So I'm excited to see this on March third. I really am. Be pretty interesting. Oh, it's going to be sexy. And then I will have to say this much though, then because that would be the, the dynamic that they had. You know, whenever Charlotte Flair kept showing up in NXT was. You're invading our territory. This is not your house. This is our house. And that's kind of the reason why Kai and Gonzalez would be portrayed as the babyfaces. Because as uh, Bianca Belair said, you don't go here. You know? Mm-hmm. So they don't, they're not supposed to be there. Yes, they're champs. They are allowed to cross <clears throat> into any of the shows because they are the women's tag champions. Um, but they right. aren't the home team basically exactly all right so continuing on one of my favorite matches of the night right which was the triple threat match for the nxt women's title right which was io shirai versus tony storm versus mercedes martinez right now your pick was for tony storm right my pick was for io right no offense to uh, mercedes martinez but we both kind of agreed that mercedes martinez is one of those people who she is a dominant enough wrestler that she doesn't need a title, if, if that makes sense. Um, and she is also the more veteran of all three of them in the, in the group. So she oh. is there to help put them all over, but you know, not necessarily have to lose the match, but just to show them how to do it right, basically, or how to make it look good. So this is the interesting thing about this match. There wasn't too much interaction with Io Shirai. Right. <clears throat> because most of the match focused in on Tony versus Mercedes. Right, which was kind of an interesting thing because of the whole concept of during the actual female Dusty Cup Classic, uh, Storm and Mercedes were supposed were a, a tag team in there, and they got eliminated first round because of Io Shirai kind of making Mercedes Martinez lose focus and getting pulled out of the way to leave Storm to get the pin get pinned by uh Carter and uh and uh, Ken, Kenzar. yeah so this match really highlighted more of Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez EO really didn't 
honestly, EO really wasn't a factor in this match. Right. Even though EO did retain the title. Right. Well, and I actually like the change. Well, this uh, kind of points to the same thing that, um, as those who probably listen to Jim Cornette off of our, you know, recommendations, um, has pointed out many times whenever there are these crazy multi-person matches where it's not just a straight one-on-one match, that they tend to focus on two combatants at a time and everyone else kind of just stays out of the way until it's their spot to come in and then one of the other people will kind of get taken out for a while and you don't see them for a while while the other two focus again at that point. And that's what tends to happen. So, and that's what basically happened during this match is that Yoshirai disappeared, got taken out for a while, and then they focused on the other two until she was supposed to come back in. Right. Which, <clears throat> to me, the match was a very good match, you know, from point A to point B. And there was the very devastating maneuver I, I heard about yes. that, that Tony Storm pulled off. Yes, so yes, devastating yes. that no one had ever seen it before. Well, maybe they have, but... Well, at least not in WWE. At least I, I actually think they might have done it before. Maybe. There was one time where someone was getting kind of maneuvered, and then it, it happened, kind of the same thing. And, yeah. So the maneuver that Monkey is talking about is now the infamous stare of doom. Right. Monkey, you can definitely describe this a little bit better than what I can. All right. So, as um, many people have seen many times before in, in a lot of wrestling shows, especially on WWE or any, or even the predecessors of WWF, there is usually some kind of crazy spot where someone's going to go through the commentator table. And so, what they've been, do- they do is they'll clear off the commentator table, get all the tablets and all the papers and everything else out of the way so they can put the opponent on the table for him to do the spot. Well, uh, Tony Storm was in the process of doing so and all of a sudden the table collapsed on its own. <laughs> leaving Tony Storm kind of basically just staring at it. So she, her her stare apparently just her furious stare and her shuffling some papers destroyed the table. Now Wade Barrett did have a very good comeback to why this happened as opposed to them just being blank face like, well, oh, that shouldn't have happened. Um, he at least made the comment that, oh, uh, MSK ran into the table during their match and that probably jarred it and messed it up. And that's why it fell apart. It's a possibility, but <clears throat> thank you, Wade Barrett, for for thinking on your toes for this one. And, and at least trying show. to cover it because everyone just kind of <clears throat> was like, uh, shit. See that shows that wasn't supposed to happen. That shows a lot of professionalism, <laughs> quite honestly. But, <clears throat> but as we said, EO did retain. Mm-hmm. It was a good match overall. Um, this does open up for, so this opens up for a one-on-one match between EO and Tony because during NXT, EO was blindsided by Tony Storm. Right. So. We have that to look forward to, the possibility of EO versus um, Mercedes Martinez in a one-on-one, mm. um, EO versus Raquel, hopefully, down the line. Um, who knows, maybe during WrestleMania. Possibly. I mean, they, 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 they have had a women's NXT title match on WrestleMania, and that was the first NXT title to be defended on WrestleMania. <clears throat> yep, definitely. All right, so final one is yours, Monkey. All righty, well, the final match... 
is the tale of the tales that we've been waiting for. It was Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne. Now, this match was one that they've been building up for a while, you know, based on um, when Pete Dunne was wanting that title shot after the whole uh, War Games, um, and then it went to went back to to O'Reilly, and then even the buildup of O'Reilly and and Balor coming to terms to fight off Lorcan and Birch. So we get to the match, and it starts off just as we expected—a very crazy technical match. Um, done working the fingers on, on, on Finn Balor, focusing on the jaw, you know, of not being fully healed. Uh, Balor focusing on the arm and, you know, the core of, of Pete Dunne. It went back and forth, you know, very good spots where, um, they would do whatever they needed to do. Uh, Dunne reversing out of, uh, an arm bar of some sort and, you know, doing a finger break like he always does. And then it came down to a point where, Balor and Dunn were locked up, and uh, Balor finally goes and pulls the mouth guard out of Pete Dunn's mouth, and then takes him down with a drop kick, takes him down with a coup de gras, and then hits the 1916 for the win. So you know Balor wins, but then afterwards, you know the uh, Birch and Lorcan show up, so they're triple teaming Balor. And then out comes uh, the Undisputed Era, minus Bobby Fish. So we got Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, basically coming out for the save because of mutual, you know, support for each other. And then when they get done getting the the uh, the team of Dunn and, and Birch and Lorcan out, they kind of pose and a lot of people kind of saw it coming but didn't know when it was going to happen. But they, they had three minutes left of the show. <coughs> And as they all pose, Adam Cole super kicks Finn Balor. O'Reilly is surprised and angered. Roger Strong is just surprised, doesn't know what the hell's going on. O'Reilly gets super kicked. And Adam Cole takes off and leaves, leaving Balor and O'Reilly down and Strong wondering what the heck is going on. So, yes, it is the official, it is the implosion of the Undisputed Era which this actually continued on during NXT in a spot where Adam Cole did use the spine buster on Kyle O'Reilly. Not spine buster, brain buster. Brain buster. Sorry, Sp- my apologies. Brain buster! On Kyle O'Reilly on the still steps, which left a lot of people to believe that Kyle O'Reilly was seriously injured, right? possibly having a seizure because, as we know, Kyle O'Reilly is, in fact, a um, diabetic. Yep, he has type 1 diabetes, which is a very, very obvious uh, medical condition, but it is a, something that can be worked around in wrestling. Right. But thankfully, Kyle did go on the record stating that what happened to him was just part of the show. He is safe, he is sound, he is a little sore. But in terms of the storyline, this is a way to write Kyle off for a little while to develop more of... Um, Adam Cole's return to being a heel right. and dismantling the Undisputed Era a little bit more. Right. So so now this also builds up into um, a story that we weren't planning initially to yep. talk about, which is, you know, Cole wanting a title shot at Balor because he lost his, the title oh, way back when against, um, who was it to? Uh, Keith Lee. Didn't Keith he? Lee, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
So he lost it to Keith Lee. <clears throat> so, and then that had marked kind of his baby face turn afterwards. But, um, and this is kind of a story that a lot of people were talking about before, where it was going to be, um, it kind of got a little flipped around here, because it was a, the talks of O'Reilly and Fish becoming babyface, or being being heels. No, O'Reilly and Cole becoming babyface, and Fish and Strong staying heels. But now it looks like it might be kind of a little flip around to where it might be O'Reilly and Strong being babyfaces. And since Fish is still kind of out from his, um, recuperating from his surgery... Um, he might come back as a heel with with Adam Cole, right? Which would be really crazy because it's the the oldest and the youngest together, and I guess the two middle ones. Yeah, what it is kind of extremely odd. Yeah. But anyways, um, now we do have to take another real quick break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we're going to be discussing the Elimination Chamber pay per view, which yes. will be on the WWE Network tomorrow. Tomorrow night. And once more, this is the final pay-per-view on the WWE Network. So if you want to throw a final departing party for the WWE Network, tomorrow will be your final time to do so. So we'll be right back when we come back. Some Elimination Chamber discussion, predictions, and some shenanigans relating to a couple of the matches. We'll be right back.
And we are officially back from our second commercial break. I mean, sometimes we just need a moment to compose, clear our throats, get some fresh air, libations, all that fun stuff. But it is time that we discuss the Elimination Chamber match, or matches, because Elimination Chamber, as we said before, is coming up this Sunday on the WWE Network. It is the final pay-per-view on the WWE Network because everything in March will be switching over to the Peacock service. Right. Now, for those who do have the network and have not heard the news, if you are a subscriber to the network and you're paying your $9.99, you will automatically be made a premium member of Peacock for the same price, which means you'll receive all of their content with no commercials, no ads. Right. So I mean I guess that's a plus. Right. And it, again the, the 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 content the context of this as we talked about previously when we talked about that WWE was doing this um a lot of people were talking about okay the, here's the pros of it. Yeah, you you're basically going to be paying the, the same price you're paying before. So you get WWE network stuff plus everything that NBC Universal offers, which is, you know, pretty cool. Right. But the drawbacks of it at least have, some people have shown is the search functionality seems to be way wonky wonky on uh, the the Peacock service where even just putting in specific people or actors' names sometimes doesn't pull up anything on them even though one of their shows is a NBC Universal exclusive show. Right. So. <clears throat> so it, it's something that we're going to have to play around with and see how it's going to work. Right. Now, granted... <clears throat> If you do have a Samsung TV, mm. they do not have an app for Peacock right now. So if you have a Roku Fire Stick, if you have, um, sorry, if you have a Roku, if you have an Amazon Fire Stick, if you have gaming consoles, you'll be able to utilize the Peacock streaming service. Right. Which sucks for me because I happen to have a Samsung TV, but thankfully I do have an Xbox One and a PS4. Yes, I know. I am behind the times. I'm not one of the cool You're kids. You're behind the times. I have an Xbox 360. That is true. That is very true, but still, though. That, that's the that's the most recent game console I own. I mean, yeah. granted, I also have a Switch, too, but, you know. I don't even have that yet. You know, eventually, hopefully one, day, yeah, <laughs> hopefully one day I'll get a PS5, but mainly to play Diablo 4 whenever mm -hmm. it comes out, because that's going to be so awesome, which they did the um, reveal for the Rogue class. Right. Which, that was epic. I got a chubby watching that, honestly. Well, you know, the, the character did. Never mind. Yeah, anyways. So, we're going to discuss the Elimination Chamber. Now, <clears throat> during some of these matches that we're going to be discussing and predicting, we're going to talk about some of the um, drawback news relating right. to these. So, just bear in mind that there is going to be possible changes to the lineup for the Elimination Chamber. Or as uh, WWE likes to say, card subject to change. Exactly. So, starting off with the first men's Elimination Chamber match from Raw. This is for the, for the WWE title. Right. Which is the champion, Drew McIntyre versus AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus... And Kofi Kingston, which all of them are previous world title holders. Right. Now, remind me, didn't Kofi have the universal title? I thought... 
Um, actually, he was the world champion, I believe. Okay. Because remember, he lost it to Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar lost the world title to uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that is right. That is right. That is right. So, <clears throat> prediction. Predictions. Well, um, with this one here, um, there is a lot of potential for everything, but um, I believe the main focus is to keep Drew strong to WrestleMania, at least. Uh, so, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre. So I'm going to agree as well with Drew McIntyre um, picking up the W on this one. Right. Now, I'm going to say that there's going to be, from this match, it's also going to possibly determine who Drew will be facing in WrestleMania. Right. Because, let's be realistic, we already know it's going to be Edge versus Roman Reigns. Right. We already know that's going to happen. It, it's faded. Mm-hmm. It, it's pre predestined at this point, but <clears throat> Drew will pick up the W for Elimination Chamber. Right, and if somehow he loses the title, you know he's still going to be in the main event for WrestleMania. Right. All right. So the second match: Bobby Lashley, Riddle, and Keith Lee, U.S. title triple threat match. Now, this is one of the matches that has a little bit of um. You know, let's just call it what it is, a little bit of fuckery. Right, because um, as many know, this was a kind of a weird setup where they had a couple weeks ago on Raw, Keith Lee was wrestling Riddle for the opportunity to become number one contender for the U.S. title. And Keith Lee had actually won that match. But then after the match, there was some shenanigans with the Hurt Business, and so they decided to change it around to let's make it a triple threat match at the pay-per-view. Um, and then last week's booking, for some odd whatever reasoning, there was no Keith Lee at all on Raw last week. Which kind of makes you wonder what the hell happened. Um, you know, Keith Lee is probably one of the most liked stars, not only by the roster, but by a lot of fans. Um, he's a big man. He does a lot of things that big men shouldn't do. And he has a very different um, interview uh, a, a sense that he does. He's very elegant. Yes, he he plays the um, as a lot of people will say, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde concept, where he's Doctor Jekyll on the mic, but in the ring he's Mister Hyde, because you know he he's he's eloquent, he's very intelligent sounding when he's on the mic, but then in the in the ring he's a beast. So. There is some backstage news relating to Keith Lee, and it mainly relates to Vince McMahon doesn't get Keith Lee. He doesn't feel that Keith Lee is a main event player. Right. Even to the point where when WWE had a lot of their bigger, um, physically bigger talent go back to the Performance Center to work on refining their abilities. Right. Keith Lee was on that list. Right. Which made a lot of people say, what the fuck, basically. And honestly, this is in terms bad booking on the part of WWE because whenever Keith Lee came up, they changed damn near everything about the dude. His entrance gear or just his wrestling gear in general, Mm -hmm. his music. The Keith Lee that we have now for all the talent and ability that he has is a watered down version of what he was in NXT. Right. 
Now, granted, recently, yes, he did. He was out due to the fact of COVID. Right. Because his now fiance Mia Yim. Right. Contracted the COVID virus. So they both missed the Royal Rumble. Right. Which there was a lot of booking behind Keith Lee for that as well. Yep. But <clears throat> still, the idea that Keith, who's supposed to be a major part of this triple threat match, was not on Raw, makes you wonder what the hell is Vince McMahon thinking. Right. Because he is a star. Mm. He is very versed. But for some reason, even though Vince McMahon loves big guys, no pun intended, he doesn't get Keith Lee. Right. And this is a man that was high on Otis. Right. He was high on Lars Sullivan. Yes. Let's not discuss that man. No. That That's a totally different podcast for another day. Yes. <laughs> because we could probably do one on guys that McMahon was high on that made no damn sense. Mm-hmm. But anyways, just the idea of Keith Lee not being part of the pay-per-view. Or, or even just the, the, the go-home show of the pay-per-view, which is usually the most important thing. Uh, a lot of shows usually want to focus the t- on the talent that are going to be on that pay-per-view just so everyone says, oh my god, this is what this guy can do. I want to see him win. Or I want to see him get his ass kicked. You know, whatever the, the case may be. Exactly. So, so <clears throat> I don't know. This is one of those matches that might be subject to change. Right. Which, an idea has been popping up set like a little bit prior. Mm. Because Riddle was part of this type of match. Right. And Bobby Lashley loves the idea of this match. And the idea is to bring the fight pit to Raw. Right. Not Raw Underground, which that's a completely different subject as well, but to actually have Riddle versus Lashley in the fight pit. Which would make a lot of sense because they both have that MMA background, which, you know, Riddle being in the UFC and uh, Bobby Lashley being in Bellator. Yeah. They, they both have that MMA background and style <clears throat> that, they could, that they can mesh into this match. So, um, with that in mind, now, again, this is a good possibility of a lot of things. They just might have not put Keith Lee in there for some odd reason on on Raw, but he might still be a part of the match. So, if he is part of the match, it'll probably be basic uh, triple triple threat rules. But if he's not part of the match, they may make it another one-on-one match, which, again, Sally, Riddle, and Bobby Lashley, this is, like, the fifth time they've gone one-on-one. Right. And, um a fight pit match would make it at least bearable to watch again. But if they don't, then it's just, you know, beating the dead horse at this point. Right. And it'd be nice to have the fight pit as a new dynamic. Right. And it'd be, you know, the fight pit is something that is perfect for pay-per-views. Right. I mean, it's worked out for NXT. I mean, look at the two fight pit matches that they've had so far. Uh, to yep, Riddle yeah. versus Thatcher. Okay, yeah, and Thatcher then... versus um, Champa. Okay, which yeah, those were there might have been a third one, but okay, yeah, yeah, only two. two so far because the setup for the fight pit takes a long time right. to do. But with with if... this match becomes a fight pit match, that would probably be kind of a awkward setup for it. But yeah, you know, I would like to see it happen. Will WWE pull the trigger on it? 
Right. I the question. Yeah, I doubt it. It's yeah. it's possible. It's not probable. Right. But so. anyways, the prediction for this one, I'm going to go with Lashley again. Right, and I am going to go with the safe bet, bet of Bobby Lashley as well. But, but, and I will say this, with that, if Keith Lee is still involved in the match, I will predict that, now this is another thing that had been rumored before, and this is another reasoning why they, they did the uh, special training with these bigger guys, is... If Keith Lee is still involved in it, there's going to probably be a point where Keith Lee might turn heel on Riddle. <clears throat> and because everyone knows that they, they were good friends in NXT, and when they were both on Raw, they have shown that mutual support for each other and, you know, mutual respect. But um, Keith Lee may probably take the pinfall if he's in this match, and he's going to blame Riddle for it. And right. that is going to cause the Keith Lee heel turn, which might then at that point give him more focus. Because he will go full Mr. Hyde then at that point. Right. And it's something that I would love to see. Right. You know, granted, I love babyface Keith Keith Lee. Right. But in order to work on Raw, I think him taking that heel turn is the next step. Now, will he join the Hurt Business? Hopefully not. Right. You know, it's already stacked and with rumors of Booker T possibly joining the Hurt Business somewhere down the line as another mentor. Mm-hmm. Or even taking the place of MVP in that mentor role. Which also considering MVP is yeah, probably he, injured right now from what a lot of people have been saying because it looked like he blew out his knee on which, Raw. Which he did. Right. He did. So my prediction right now is Lashley. Right. Now, it'd be nice to see Riddle possibly win it, but I have a feeling it's going to build up to WrestleMania, which at this point, how many times can we have the same people... Right wrestle against each other. Now, granted, they have tons of people that they could utilize. Right. And again, the U.S. title is considered the quote-unquote mid-card title. Right. And Bobby Lashley and Keith Lee both, um, from a lot of people's eyes, including myself and Cheshire's here, are not mid-card. They, they, are, they should be top-tier talent, but they're, they're being focused on as mid-card talent. The only reason why is because McMahon has his favorites. Yeah. And... Which, surprisingly enough, you know, Bobby Lashley should be one of his favorites. Keith Lee should be one of his favorites, too, because they're big, sweaty men. And they are phenomenal athletes. Right. I mean, it'd be nice to see the Lashley from his TNA championship run, you know, mm-hmm. him being the God of Thunder. God of Thunder. <clears throat> yeah. That was one of his monikers. Ah. Which, I mean, he was, like, for all intensive purposes, like, dominating. Yep, he was he was the walking domination, as they called him. So it'd be nice, like he's getting back to that, right? And it's fantastic to see, but ultimately he needs to leave the U.S. title behind and go for right. the bigger titles. Yep. All right. So on this one, I'm definitely going to say Lashley. Right. All right. So the next match that we have to discuss is the SmackDown Men's Elimination Chamber match. Right. Which, I just realized, why are they not having a women's chamber match? That is a very questionable comp- thought process. Um, the thing a lot of people are saying is because, as you know, the Elimination Chamber matches do tend to kind of have a long run. Right. And um, that's why a lot of people were, were questioning why they didn't do a women's one. 
um, with them doing the Raw men's one and then the SmackDown men's one or the Universal and World ones, basically. Um, they established that um, not only will the men's one probably for Raw set up for who's going to be facing Drew at the WrestleMania, the SmackDown one is going to basically set up a quick match for Roman Reigns on the Elimination Chamber, which Reigns will obviously win as a dominating show because the other guy will be Ray Warner from the Elimination Chamber match, but then set up for the, you know, uh, Edge is going to challenge Reigns for the title at um, WrestleMania. Right. <clears throat> so, all right. So for the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, this is a number one cont- um, contender match to face off against Roman Reigns right. later on in the show. So it's Jay Uso, it's Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan right. all entering the chamber. All right, Monkey, what is your prediction on this one? This one, I will have to say, and this is a, a one that a lot of people have been wanting to see, and then even based off his recent push going into the show, um, is Cesaro. Um, he is one of those very underutilized uh, wrestlers. Um, when he, even when he came into NXT and WWE initially, um, a lot of people had high hopes for him because they've seen his stuff back when he was in the independent scene. When he was in Shikara, he was in Ring of Honor. You know, he, he is a very talented wrestler and he is a physical beast in strength wise. Pound for pound, the strongest man on that roster. For his weight and for him to do a clean jerk with both, with single handedly of what, 220 pounds? More than that. I thought it was 250. Uh, might be 250. Yeah. Bailey I know, I know it's been a long time since I've, since, since I've, I've, I've researched it, but he can clean and jerk single handedly 200 and some odd pounds while most people take still both hands to do that normally. And he can do that each hand. So, that just shows you how physically strong he is. And even just looking at him, he's maybe about 250. Just even looking at him, he might be about 250 weight-wise. Right. Um. Yeah, he, he has the physical look. He has the conditioning to do this. And they have been giving him a good push, Um. especially since now that he's re- re-signed his contract with WWE. Um. Even the talks of what happened with uh, Nakamura during the Gauntlet match uh, before... Uh, the last pay-per-view, uh, that was supposed to actually be Cesaro getting that push during that match. But since he had not re-signed his contract yes, yet, they gave it to Nakamura. So, and that was how Daniel Bryan actually wanted it to be, is that Cesaro getting a push. So, um, that is why my pick is Cesaro taking it. Um, and it will obviously be um, him coming against Roman Reigns, I think it's supposed to be immediately afterwards. Yep. And then at that point, Roman is just going to kind of dominate him, but there is probably going to be a good flurry from Cesaro. But after a while, Roman will just finish him off real fast. Just kind of showing that if he had a chance to fight him one-on-one without having to go through the elimination chamber first, he could probably beat him. So, my prediction on this, and granted, this could go many different ways. Right. But you know what? Because WWE likes beating a dead horse mm-hmm. relentlessly with a barbed wire bat yeah, attached to a chainsaw. 
if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. But I have a feeling that it's going to be Kevin Owens. Because take a look at their previous matches within SmackDown. Take a look at their matches during pay-per-views. They are showing that Owens does have Roman Reigns' number. Right. It's just that Roman Reigns always has outside help. Yeah. So I have a feeling that it's going to be Kevin Owens. Yeah. As much as I'd love for like Daniel Bryan or Cesaro to take it, because, you know, Daniel Bryan's coming up on the end of his wrestling career. Right. Which now, from all the backstage work as a writer in SmackDown, you know he's always going to have a career with WWE. Right. But it'd be nice to see Daniel Bryan get it. it I'd love to see Cesaro get it, but I have a feeling that it'll be Owens right. taking the match. So I can see that happening, yeah. So my prediction, Kevin Owens. Or even just as a good, fun little joke in there. King Corbin? No, even better. <laughs> Sami Zayn wins. <clears throat> and it gets immediately taken out by Roman Reigns in less than three seconds. You know what? I'd pay to see it. And that would be because that would just feed into his, you know, his his, his conspiracy theory. But that that's, you know. <laughs> so, you know what? <clears throat> Let's do it this way. All right. We both have our... Normal picks yep, for this. Our main picks. But for the hell of it, Sami Zayn will take it. All right. Th- this is all for shits and giggles at this point. So that also discussed the fourth match, which was Reigns versus the Elimination Chamber winner. Right. Which okay. we we going to say Reigns is going to win that one. Mostly yeah. dominantly. Uh, unless it's Sami Zayn and then it's just going to be complete dominance. Like, <laughs> crush. You know, I, I would love to see um, Sammy get help from his cousin, El Generico. <laughs> but we know that will not happen because he's taking care of a mission full of orphans. So, M- Well, maybe he might get, uh, you know, uh, El Generico's buddy, uh, El Gran Gordy, might come in for a little, a little assist. Maybe. You never know. Yeah. But anyways, continuing on, the fifth match that we're going to talk about is the women's tag team title match, which is Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus... Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair. Right. So, I just have a feeling, and this is my prediction. Mm -hmm. Two predictions. Right. One, Nia, Shayna, retain. Right. Two, this is going to set up Banks versus Belair for WrestleMania because Banks is going to do something to hurt Belair after the match. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's my prediction on this one. Okay. Well, uh, I, I agree that it's probably going to be Baszler and Jax winning because they are already the more established tag team, even though that didn't quite work out well in their their match against the returning Omni Flair and, and Asuka. Uh, but the thing I have with that is I don't think it's going to be Banks that's going to do it directly. I think it's going to probably be something from Reginald. Right. Because they've been kind of building this weird, like, Reginald is hanging out with Sasha Banks, and it's like, oh, my God, Reginald is, is you know, is now Sasha Banks' buddy or, you know, lapdog, basically. Well, wants to be but Sasha's. But it's going yeah. to come down to, uh, you know, it's going to be basically honors of Carmella, and that's what's going to do it. And because of that, you know, Belair's going to be upset and going to think that Banks caused it. And right. so... Because, you know, Banks is still trying to be a babyface in all this. 
Um, even though I still say she's better as a heel than as a babyface. Definitely. But, Agreed. Um, that would be the thing to keep her as a face and then, you know, make it for reasoning that Bel Air would kind of think she has something to do with it. Um, but that would be my reasoning why the match kind of goes how it goes. So we can both agree Jax Baszler will be winning. Yes. <clears throat> and then there will be obviously set up to the Banks versus Bel Air match. Right. At WrestleMania. Which will have a good amount of buildup. So, yeah, it makes sense, especially with WrestleMania taking place in April. Right. All right. So the sixth and final match that we have to talk about, and there's a lot of wonkiness <laughs> with this, a lot of fuckery. <clears throat> Asuka versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's title. Now, for those who remember, Lacey and Charlotte Flair had a match. If Lacey won, she would get the number one contendership and get the chance to face Asuka. Right. Charlotte lost her mind during that match, beat the hell out of Lacey, was disqualified, pushed a referee. So Lacey became... The contender now on this past Monday's Raw, we all found out that Lacey is pregnant. Right. Now, storyline-wise, they're building it as Ric Flair is the daddy. Yes. In real life... She is actually pregnant with her husband's second child. Yes. So this actually throws booking to the wayside because Lacey will be taken off of TV for the foreseeable future due to right. the fact that she is pregnant she will not be able to compete and of course she has to have maternity leave in order to recoup from having the baby right well this is one of the other things well it's still kind of she can still possibly be on tv but she won't be in any physical comp confirmation because um yes it could still further a feud between lacy and charlotte that you know she can play the oh you know it's your new sister, and you can start calling me mommy now, you know, thing. And it, it would build basically up until after she has the kid, and then, you know, they they'll, they might just forget the storyline kind of like they did with the Aaliyah, Don, uh, Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy line thing. But it can still be possible she can still be on TV. Right. Now, if you take a look online... Um, mm -hmm. I know a couple of wrestling sites have covered this, but a couple of years ago, and this is a theory that people are trying to go with now. Right. A couple of years ago, um, it was Lacey. No, not Lacey. No, Becky Lynch. Right. Becky Lynch put out a tweet stating that Lacey could be the sister of Charlotte. And this was all a joke due right. to the fact that Lacey was interrupting in Becky's matches and all that stuff. Right. And they have similar mannerisms. So the theory is, is that storyline-wise, Lacey could be the sister of Charlotte. Right. Which would throw things in multiple different directions. But one direction that was discussed, and this is something that Vince McMahon wanted to do during the Attitude mm. Era, was, and I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, it was... An incest angle. Right. Where Lacey is the, so this is the theory, Lacey is the daughter of Ric Flair, but yet Ric Flair got Lacey pregnant. Right. 
So the angle originally during the Attitude Era was supposed to be Vince being the father of Stephanie's illegitimate child. When Stephanie said hell no to it, Vince suggested that Shane would be the illegitimate child. Or, or the, the father of the illegitimate child. child. When everyone knew at that point it was technically, you know, Triple H's kid. Yeah. So the idea of fans wanting to see an incest angle. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean that might work in hentai, but uh wrestling but Yeah, definitely yeah. not. I mean, I thought the idea of who shot Johnny Bravo and Impact was bad. <laughs> and Vince Russo's multiple pole on a pole or object on a pole or Judy Bagwell oh. on a pole <laughs> matches were horrendous. But the idea of an incest angle, and granted, I don't, I wouldn't put it past WWE to actually pull the trigger right. on that because they did the entire Katie Vick angle. Yeah. But for today, Wasn't that Russo also? I think so. I, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was probably Russo, but no, I actually remember it was Mick Foley that suggested that. No, actually. He, he was, the, because they asked Mick Foley, you know, what can we do for this angle? And Mick Foley was like, one word, necrophilia. So in a way, the Katie Vick thing was the brainchild yeah. of Mick Foley, but yeah, yeah, Russo pulled the damn trigger on yeah. it. Yeah. But... In today's climate, it would be a very bad idea for WWE to pull the trigger on that type of angle. So, you know, if they do still have Lacey on television, hopefully they'll just stick with, you know, Lacey being pregnant, but Rick is not the father. Right. And make it to where Lacey is the illegitimate child of Ric Flair. Right. And that, that could be definitely seen and used. Because the whole lovey-dovey relationship that they've been kind of having could be akin to, you know, a, a, a girl's admiration for her father. Right. You know, and uh, the uh, the father, you know, ad- his admiration for his daughter in not non-sexual way. You know, it, yeah, it, it, it can kind of go a little creepy looking, but, you know, it's it's just family caring and love as opposed to it being... Like, oh, my God, you know, I just had sex with my daughter. Right. No. (laughs) This is not Brazzers. This is not Pornhub. It's WWE. Yeah. Just saying. There's not going to be, hey, stepdad, I'm stuck in the laundry again. No, we're not doing any of that on screen, even though WWE did do the hot lesbian action stuff. Right. Or try to. And the infamous sex show with Edge and Lita. Yeah. Which, yeah, there's a lot of story relating to that, too, that we'll probably touch at another given point in time. But anyways, it's just something that, as I said, in today's climate, hopefully they do not try to pull the trigger on. Right. Hopefully they'll just leave it as Lacey is being supported by her long-lost father, and there's a new dynamic with that. Do I see it actually happening? No. Right. Because I do have a feeling that they're not going to have Lacey on TV. Right. You know, maybe after the Elimination Chamber, possibly, because now we got to talk about Asuka's potential um, competitor or opponent for this. So, honestly, my guess on this that, and I hate saying it, I really do, because I know it's possibly going to happen, the Omni Flare is going to be Asuka's opponent. Yeah. And 
Asuka is going to lose. Which would upset me because I would love to see WrestleMania Asuka go in and somehow she faces off against Becky Lynch. Right. If Becky returns by WrestleMania. Or even Ronda Rousey. If okay. she decides to return for WrestleMania because Ronda's contract is up the week prior to WrestleMania. So there's a possibility that WWE can possibly bring Ronda back. Hopefully, because, you know, for everything Ronda is, she is a good competitor. Right. But I would definitely love to see Becky regain her title. Yeah. But, of course, I just have this feeling it's going to be the Omni Flare. Yeah. Well, my personal thought on this is that Lacey Evans is probably going to be there. But it's because since she can't compete, she will name Oscar's opponent, which will probably be Peyton Royce. And then at that point, Oscar would get the win. But yeah, I can also see them doing the whole, well, let's just throw Flair in there because, you know, everyone loves Charlotte Flair. Um, can I call bullshit on that one? Yeah. <laughs> that that was sarcasm, in case you guys didn't notice. Um, yeah, so that's why that match is kind of up in the air at this point here. Maybe they might not even have the match at this point because, you know, with the whole pregnancy thing, and yes, there is technically one, two, three, four, five matches on the card if you count the squash match that Reigns is going to get over whoever wins the you, the men's SmackDown Elimination Chamber match. And even there's a possibility of some possible pre-show matches, or, or at least one, um, which they kind of really haven't been building anything up with. Um, and we're going back to WWE's lack of booking here, or lack of planning in this case, for either of the men's tag team titles. Right. Or, or even uh, they, they, they've been kind of building it, but... Uh, you know the uh, intercontinental title mat uh, matching. We got we got Big E obviously in a feud with uh, Apollo Cruz still. Uh, Nakamura did win the match against Apollo Cruz on SmackDown. That was supposed to set him up for a title shot. But are they going to pull a, a triple threat thing with them as well, like they did with uh, Riddle, Lee, and and Bobby Lashley? I mean, th- there's a lot. Yep. There's a lot that can possibly happen with this. But <clears throat> honestly. It would upset me if they removed <clears throat> the the women's title match, right? Because it hasn't been defended in how long? Yes, honestly. And and again, I I'm not blaming Oscar for this because Oscar should be a dominating champion. We we have seen her previous work before she came to NXT and WWE. We've seen her run as being undefeated in NXT. Her uh, near year run on the main roster before being defeated by the the great and omnipotent Omni Flair. Um but you know, she is a great wrestler. Uh, yeah, she she's kinda of being relegated to be doing kinda of like weird comedy things where she's uh, yelling in Japanese as opposed to speaking in English because she can speak English. It, it it is, you know, not as refined, but you know, what do you expect for it being a second language for her? Or even a third language, depending on, you know, how well traveled she is. Right. So, on this one, honestly, I'm not even going to give a prediction. Right. Because the match is up in the air at yeah. this point. But, hopefully it does happen. Right. Hopefully it'll be a good surprise. Mm-hmm. But if it does happen, I just have this weird feeling that Charlotte's going to be in it. Oh, what, what, what you got? I have a brain. 
But anyways. So <laughs> this is the thing. This is what I just just came up in my head, and WWE, you might want to take some notes. So they will have this match, and it will kind of go the way as I, I kind of stated earlier. This would be the best worked-out solution for it. You got Asuka. Lacey Evans comes out, and she's going to be like, well, I can't wrestle because I'm pregnant right now, and I don't want to risk losing this bundle of joy that I have in me. So, I have, picking, I have picked your opponent, and it's going to be my tag team partner, the second greatest wrestler on, this, on the women's roster after me, Peyton Royce. And, of course, you know, Peyton Royce is going to come out kind of doing her sneering, and but acting like she's kind of happy, but I'm kind of sneering at Lacey Evans. She's going to have a match against Asuka. Asuka will beat her cleanly. You know, it's going to be a pretty decent back and forth because Peyton Royce has been showing a lot of improvement over the last couple years here. And they're, they're, they're trying to give her a push, but not really. So, Asuka will win. And then after that, Asuka will be celebrating the ring. And then one of two music is going to hit. It will either be Becky Lynch or Ronda Rousey. And then they're going to show up and say, well, since Belair is going to be facing uh, Bank. uh, Banks at, at WrestleMania, how about you give me a shot at your title at WrestleMania? And that's <clears throat> the way to do it. Honestly, I would love I that. Spoken. I would love that. Honestly, that would be amazing. Hopefully it does happen on Sunday. But <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Um, it's just going to be a lot of craziness with this because... As of right now, they have not finalized the plan for the Elimination Chamber. Right. So this is probably going to be a day of thing when they actually announce the full card. Maybe even probably by late tonight. Or even they might not even announce the full card and you're like, and now this match is happening. And you'd be like, where the hell did this match come from? Exactly. So there, there's going It'd to be, be a Dominic lot- Mysterio versus King Corbin. But yeah. So we're, <laughs> we're just going to say with this pay-per-view there's going to be a lot of unexpected things happening you know which kind of sucks because this is supposed to be one of two pay-per-views to build up wrestlemania right with the other one being on uh, being fast lane which will be in march on the peacock streaming service as we continue to say no peacock is not sponsoring this episode we don't have any sponsors with the exception of anchor we have no sponsors it's kind of sad (laughs) Would be nice. But anyways, it is time to wrap things up. Thank you for soaring the digital airwaves with us once again. So, on behalf of the man, the myth, the legend, Monkey. Thank you. And myself, the Melosian, Mr. Cheshire, it has been another episode of Cheshire's Place. A looking glass in illogical madness. And just as the Cheshire cat, I am everywhere yet nowhere. Stay tuned next week for our next podcast. Have a good night.